Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. Please join us on Wednesday, March 8th to celebrate International Women's Day at the third annual Empowerography Live Women's Online Conference. The event will be running from 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have 31 of the most incredibly inspirational, transformative, and influential women around who will be speaking at the conference. You can pick up tickets on my website at www.empowerographypodcast.com. They're on sale now for only $20 Canadian. That's $15 for our U.S. friends. We hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jenny Parker-Brown, aka Jenny P. Jenny is the founder and editor-in-chief of the highly acclaimed House of Preeminence magazine, also a visionary multi-potentialite. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to me to be able to share some things that could help your our audience. So it's a great honor. Well, the honor is truly all mine. Thank you for making and taking the time to be here with me today. I'm really looking forward to jumping in and sharing about your story and your journey. So speaking of which, let's jump in. As I mentioned, you are the founder and editor-in-chief of the highly acclaimed House of preeminence magazine. You are a visionary multi-potentialite. You have had quite a lengthy and extensive resume. You've worked in fashion retailing, the performing arts, fitness instructor, an artist, award-winning gastronomy chef, published author, consultant, and this one... It makes me laugh every time I look at it. An equestrian cabaret artist. That is a hell of a lot of hats you wear. And as I said, quite an extensive resume. How on earth, how important is prioritization and organization for you in order to stay on top of things? I mean, running a magazine is one hell of a an intensive job, I would imagine. So how do you prioritize and how important is that for you? It's very difficult because I'm ADD. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ADD and a scanner. And it is, it is probably the reason why I have had so many careers and the reason why my life is so, <laughs> is so successful. So, so, yeah, it's not easy. I'm dealing with myself. <laughs> but as I get older, I'm getting better at it. That's all I can say. Practice makes perfect, right? That's right. <laughs> So I'm very curious with you having worn so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? Again, it's kind of a, a coping mechanism. It's extremely slow. I think I start the day as a, a Z type, a Z type, and then mm-hmm. end it as an A type. So <laughs> I, I just love that bit, bit in between sleeping and waking when you're still in those the theta brainwaves. Yes. Somewhere yes. between sleep and waking. Yeah. I think it is the most delicious state when your body is probably the most relaxed it's going to be for the rest of the day. You're still kind of caught up in the last dreams. My brain goes also into overdrive that time. So it's also a, a creative time. So I'm kind of the very reluctant <laughs> <laughs> All the 5 a.m.ers, cold showerers out there. (laughs) I would love to be like you. (laughs) I'm just not. I like to be slow. And then I find that in my slowness, actually, I realize that my brain really is working at its optimum. I have my best ideas and then it starts to go 19 to the dozen. It always involves a liter of rooibos and green tea mix before I do anything. And Uh I'll talk sit with that and sit with my journal and do all the things that are lovely to do like gratitude and and pick some oracle cards and that sort of thing right exercise is a non-negotiable working my body is a non-negotiable getting out into nature is a non-negotiable planning a menu so (laughs) by the time i've done all that (laughs) it's probably later than most people So have you always had the entrepreneurial bug in you? And if so, where do you think that comes from? I definitely have. Because in England, it was so easy and encouraged to work when you're children. I think I had my first job when I was about nine. I was actually dog walking, looking after my local paper shop 
owner's dogs at the weekend for pocket money. And then very shortly afterwards, babysitting for my mother's friend just around the corner. So, you know, I got to be earning my own money really quickly. And by the time I was 15, we'd moved towns and I was working in a beautiful takeaway shop. It was one of the early fast foods, but but I, I had a lot of responsibility So that independence came very, very early. And my uncle was a builder. He was a very successful builder and he was the son of a very very successful builder. So I I really think that it must be in my gene. Sounds like it. Jenny, what drives, motivates and inspires you to keep going and pushing and excelling at all that you do now? There's two main things, Brad. One is a a chance encounter I had. Well, there's probably no such thing as chance. Chance encounter (laughs) that I had when I was about 24. And I fell in love with a Royal Marine officer called Rupert, who had red hair. And he absolutely changed my life. And, And my life was a bit of a mess at the time. I had a very successful food business, but I was already on my second marriage at 23. And I fell in love with Rupert and he changed my life around because he opened me to the path of self-development and he gave me books to read. And he was the kind of person that he would enter a room, he could talk to a prince, he could talk to a pauper, he made everybody feel the same and alive and electric. He ran 70 miles a week. He never stopped being enthusiastic for everything. And that blew my world right open and showed me what might be possible. And I have to say, he really changed the trajectory of my life. And we were never meant to be to get together any longer than one month. But in that one month, he was the catalyst for me really committing to a life of potential and adventure. And the other thing that's really important as time goes on, Brad, is that I just realized that life is over in the blink of an eye. Even if you live a long time, it's over in the blink of an eye and that it is so precious that life is a miracle and it is so precious. And I want to wring the living daylight. (laughs) 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 I want to literally wring the living daylight before it's time to go. Absolutely. Get every last drop out of it. He sounds like he is an incredible human being and so inspirational. It's funny because I've been thinking a lot lately about how people come into our lives for a season. And I was watching a a quick video clip of someone. He was talking about this on stage. And he was saying that some people are rocket boosters. They're only meant to go to a certain height with you because they can't go any higher with you as you excel on your journey. I thought that was really interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I often think, I wonder where Rupert is and what he's doing now and if if he's still as dynamic. But every single day, I feel grateful for that short encounter. It changed your life. It changed my life. Yeah, it changed my life. That is powerful. Yeah. So, okay, Jenny, I have to ask. (laughs) I wanted to start the interview off with this, but I thought let's get into a couple other things first. I have to ask, what is an equestrian cabaret artist and how the hell... Did you find yourself doing this? Is this something that you came up with or created, or is this an actual thing? No, this is a, a whole culture. That, um, <laughs> You're kidding me. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, you, you go and Google it, and you'll find that the, that the most incredible, fabulous international artists who are doing this in different ways. And this is so interesting and such okay. a big part of my story, okay. because when I was 18, I told my parents when I left my left education I didn't want to go on to further education and I told them I announced that I wanted to do something with horses or art or something artistic and they said no you won't my girl you'll get a job like everybody else and promptly dropped me 300 miles from home with a suitcase (laughs) (laughs) said have a nice life or something like that I had a very strong reaction from me but it did plant that seed of this dream I had this big dream of I knew that it, it was it was so compelling and I just held on to it and I had no idea what it would look like. And, and I just, I almost forgot about it until I came to France when I was 31. And I discovered this whole culture of equestrian cabaret here and that it was, it came from the, the Royal Riding School of Vienna and the Military Academy in, in Saumur. There were all sorts of different, oh, and Doma Vercaera from Spain. And there were all sorts of different kinds of equestrian, artistic equestrianism but that had, that had become popularized by cabaret. When I found that, I found a master in it. I just thought I'd died and gone to heaven. And I was like, <laughs> okay, right. This is what I came here for. This is what I want to do. And I set out and I was, I was too old to start that sort of thing at my age, you know, in my 
I think I was late 30s, early 40s. Okay. But it felt really important. So I pursued it for quite some years, bought a little white horse, who I still uh-huh. have today, who's very old, and trained. And I trained with masters. And I did not let go of this dream. It, it was so real. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it was real. Yeah. And it did actually culminate with being in a professional troupe. Wow. And, and the culmination of that was a, a beautiful show that we did in uh-huh. on the Côte d'Azur. It was a Mediterranean night in a big arena. There were cicadas, there was the smell of jasmine. It was just the most beautiful night. And on the day of the show, the head of the troupe, her horse got injured and she said, Jenny, you and Polly so are going to replace me. And I said, but I can't possibly. I don't know your number. You're too, you know, you're, you're, you're too good. We, don't, we can't do that. And she said, <laughs> you, are, you are going to do it. So with so many nerves and so much, I mean, so much trepidation, Polly so and I practiced the choreographies and changed the costumes. And I did two numbers. I did a number where I was actually dancing on my horse, not standing mm. up, but with my reins attached at the waist. Right. So, and with these great out long stretched wings and he performed, Poliso performed to perfection. And then I did a second number where we, I did actually, I had actually taught him to have a choreography around me when I was on foot. So I was dressed up in a white dress, ballet dress and beautiful music. And there were no whips or everything was just body language. So we did this beautiful dance together. And at the end of it, the head of the troupe was called Danny. She lifted his chest and 12 white doves flew out. Wow. They flew around the arena and they landed on Poliso, who did not move a muscle. And in that moment, I had an epiphany, uh, some kind of epiphany. I had some kind of out-of-body experience where I just knew that I'd been born to live that moment, which was a culmination of a dream that I had no idea of how to fulfill. And in the very, almost in the same moment as I had been quite depressed after the birth of my second child a few years earlier, I asked myself the question and I asked the universe, what is it? that can take somebody from the depths of despair and wanting to not continue their life Hmm. to living such an epiphany of joy and expansion and beauty and grace and divinity that you actually are just like, I was like, beam me up, Scotty, I'm done. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You can take me now. That's all that's I've accomplished what I, yeah, I've accomplished what I was put here to do. It was the question that I asked that set me out on where I am now on the big quest. That is incredible. And what a way to end that event with the doves being released and holy shit, that sounds so beautiful. I, know, and I will never ever, ever forget it. You know, it, it's funny you said that you figure you're too old to do this. And, you know, that all comes from the conditioning and all of the other shit that gets put into our heads as we grow up. And you've got to do this by a certain end. You can't do this because you're too old. And it reminds me of an interview I did recently with a woman who decided at the age of 44, she was going to, she started training in karate. She became a ninja. Wow. She started in, in her 40s. It took her 10 years and she is now a ninja. So I don't think you're ever too old to do anything. That comes from societal and parental and all the other conditioning that we grow up with. Look, you did this incredible thing, Jenny. That is phenomenal. I've got to add something on there. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> it was not long afterwards, but I think I think it proved to me exactly what you just said, because I went and f- fell in love again, which was always a bit of a problem. <laughs> it was always a bit of a problem in my life. And I, I fell in love with a, a music producer who had a review, and he asked me to come into his troupe of dancers which I'd kind of given up the idea of I was ballet trained, you know, from my adolescence. And I'd completely given up that idea, having had two children 18 years apart. And he asked me to come to the troupe. And I said, yes. And I put myself back into training. And within six months, I had abs. (laughs) I had abs again. And I actually actually danced in high heels and a pearl G-string and feathers on, on my head. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> As a professional review dancer, you know, not long after. So uh, absolutely. <laughs> that is incredible. Kudos to you for, for doing it. I mean, it takes strength. It takes courage. It takes inner strength. So congratulations and kudos to you for not letting the conditioning stop you from doing these things that you've wanted to do. I think it's amazing and so inspirational. 
it all comes back to that decision, you know, that yeah. decision when when I said I would like to do this, my parents, and they said, no, you will not. Yeah. So, you know, they wanted to, to stop that expression and, yeah. and you know, the soul will not have it. it you know, yeah. it, it will find a way to express itself. So, Absolutely. It was part of your path. You were meant to do it. So yeah. whether it happened back then or when it did, it was going to happen at some point. And I think it's incredible and so inspiring that you stuck with it and followed your heart and that it happened for you. I think that's beautiful. As mentioned as well, you are the founder and editor-in-chief of the highly acclaimed House of Preeminence magazine. How long ago did you found the magazine and how did you come up with the name for it? It was 2019. In actual fact, I'd had a a digital magazine between 2011 and 2013, just when there was the rise of social media, the rise of digital publishing, and I got very excited about that technology and also very excited about what was happening in the entrepreneurial world where business was colliding with personal development and then new thought leadership was coming in. And I thought it was such an exciting time that I wanted to use my creativity to be able to share what was going on with with the world. Now, at the time, it it still wasn't the the right time. But 2019, I got that call again to do this, but to do this in in a better way or a bigger way. And I had a mentor who suggested the name preeminence to me Mm -hmm. I do believe it's Jay Abraham's own brand name preeminence I didn't know what it meant I had to go to the the thesaurus and dictionary and Mm -hmm. look it up because (laughs) I actually felt it I I thought that it was something to do with holiness or like your eminence I was like that's weird (laughs) then I looked it up in the thesaurus and I saw at least 15 different definitions of what it really meant was you being your best self, living your highest life. And I said, bingo, that's it. That's it. I'm noticing a a common theme or thread here through the conversation so far and in your life where you have these ideas or these callings to do things, but it just isn't the right time when it comes in, when you download it, when it comes in for you and you end up doing it later on fully as you were supposed to. I think that's very interesting. Yes. You know, the key, and you, you mentioned it a um, couple of minutes ago, is, is about following your heart. And I always say, follow your heart and you'll never get lost. And your heart really will give you the signposts and, and the keys and the clues and the breadcrumbs to where the right place in and, and when is the right time. It definitely, it, it really is interesting, but you've got to listen and look. For sure. Yes, you do. But I think too, that if you don't listen at the time, the universe keeps giving you those nudges a Along the way and the nudges get bigger and harder until it comes to a point where you get the the proverbial two by four in the back of the head saying, okay, if you're not going to listen, we've been trying to tell you, here it is in the back of the head. Now you better listen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> welcome, welcome to most people's lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you share with us or give us a brief overview of what the magazine's all about, what the focus of the content of the magazine is? Well, again, I don't think I've really deviated from this um, this collision, if you can call it that, of business and of personal growth and new thought leadership. But it, of course, in 10 years, it's all moved on so very much. So what it looks like now is is a really holistic approach to women and, and feminine high performance. So okay. it's so very unlike the model that I, that I have, that I share and I teach and that is so very unlike the traditional Forbes entrepreneur success magazine that, you know, it, it, that is so, I don't know, it's, it's very dry. And of course we are in this time now where research and science and these great new thought leaders that we've, we've got have proved so much more about how we work with the quantum world. So for me, that changes the whole paradigm of business and what success looks like. And I feel I, I, it's not a day that goes by, Brad, but that, that I don't get excited by, you know, the next development and, and, and how women can use that to empower themselves, their business, their lives and the world. I love it. And that's the important piece there that you mentioned that not a day goes by where you don't wake up and feel excited about doing the work that you're doing. It's crucial. It, it is. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, it really is. So. Where can people find or purchase and read the magazine? Is it available only in digital? Is it available in print? Is it available in both formats? Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, since we last talked, Brad, I've actually decided to take it out of flip page digital printing, which is extremely beautiful, but not Mm -hmm. really user friendly. 
and take it onto a magazine website. But at the moment, people can access it at jenny-p.com. That's Jenny with an I, .com forward stroke magazine. And you will get the, the last issue, which is just before Christmas. And you also get access to all the other issues. And also you get news of when the new magazine website is going to be up. So all the, the content will be the same. It's the, it's the format that is changing because, you know, we're all just, we've all got 24 hours in a day and, and we need things to be snappy and, and easy. And it was just time for a change. But I, yeah. I you know, I, I know that you're going to, I know that you're going to ask me another question about this, but yeah. it, it's the next evolution of the project, but that the core is the same. Okay. Well, we'll put the information in the show notes so people can check out the magazine and see what it's all about. It's all entirely free as well. It's- oh, beautiful. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Well, we'll definitely have the link in the show notes for people to check out the magazine. Absolutely. How often does the magazine come out? How often is it published? It's going back to monthly. It was okay. monthly last year. Then I had to put it back to bi-monthly because it was another reason it was too complicated to to keep publishing in that flip page format it was right. just so much work so but it will go back to just monthly ongoing like a magazine website is that it, get, it gets updated regularly so it stays fresh and there will always be fresh content on it beautiful now being the editor in chief can you speak a bit about your role as such and also can you share with us how your role has evolved and morphed into what it is now from when you first started the magazine and also how many people do you have working with you or for you on the magazine I have a team of 2 okay who do all of the production work really I I'm more of the the design work and the content work and the executive work I have had a team of or rather a circle of executive contributors for as long as I've started, actually. And we've had some great names on there. I still have, my figurehead is still Marsha Martin, who is the one of the founders of the Human Potential Movement. She's a legend. I have somebody in each kind of topic, somebody on wellness, somebody on wealth consciousness. I've had Gina DeVee in there. And then I've had so many interviews. So there have been a plethora of big influencer names in there, continually contributing articles and interviews, and that will continue. So my role is going to shift a little bit because I won't be designing quite as much as I, okay. I had done with the, the flip page version into just getting the message out to more and more people. Because, you know, the acclaim was wonderful. You know, as soon as we came, the, the first magazine came out, it, it was announced as the vogue of feminine high performance. Wow, the, the that's new, a huge compliment. Yes, uh, the new O magazine, magazine for the new earth, which was Lisa Roulette. Oh, I've, I've got acclaims by Catherine Woodward Thomas. I've got the most amazing acclaims by influencers. So it really very quickly grew its power and its reputation, but it's just time for it to step up again. Those are some pretty incredible names to have behind your brand, behind your magazine, and some big feathers in your cap. I think that's amazing. Congratulations. Lots and lots and lots of them. Yes. All the the big names out there, Natalie Ledwell of Mind Movies and Denise Duffield-Thomas. And a lot of those ladies have been through our pages, just a a lot of them, which I'm very proud of. And, And some of them will be back as well. Excellent. What is the most exciting or inspiring part for you of running a magazine? You know, I was thinking about that. I think it's that I feel like I'm part of a movement to more conscious media. So as are you as with, with this podcast, yeah. with your work, mm-hmm. is that media had become not a particularly favorable thing, but it is a very powerful thing. And if we use it for good, as you are doing also, Brad, then, then it is a mighty, mighty tool. So... My intention is to keep using the, the power of media in whatever way that, that, you know, technology, however technology shifts, to put out the big humanity changing messages that more people need to hear. We need more people like you doing the work that you're doing. It's important because we need to get these messages out there. And this helps to raise the vibration of the collective. And that's what we need to do. That's what we're here to do. We're, absolutely. 
<laughs> this is this is the work. Yeah, exactly. Now, on the flip side of that, Jenny, I'm curious to hear what are some of the most challenging parts of running a magazine. Well, those are the ones that I've been addressing over, <laughs> over the last few <laughs> months. Because when I finally get to publishing another magazine, and and then I I get this tense week just beforehand. Um, partly because of deadlines is I don't yeah. like deadlines really <laughs> I do not like deadlines I don't like the pressure of them of you know of, of th- this date or this time it, it just doesn't work for me and then and and the immensity of I've just I'm just so ambitious Brad so yeah. my my vision continues to grow it's always like big, bigger and better than before bigger and better than before and then I get to the stage where I'm like why do I do this to myself <laughs> <laughs> so I can you know the challenges obviously are, are technology right you know that but again I've learned to be I'm sure you're, you're the same you've learned to be very very patient with it and, yeah. and surrender to it and that we just can't always control it and so I've, I've learned to be very very patient with that and oh, well the other one is keeping my blinking contributors in line they, <laughs> they are shockers honestly you can give them as much notice to get mm-hmm. their articles in and it's always last minute it's always right <laughs> you're having to reach out to them and chase them uh, Every single time, <laughs> every single time. After, after three years of working with some of them, I, I just thought, I'm not sure I don't want to do this anymore. I've got to find another way. <laughs> it's tough when you're the ringleader and you've got, but I mean, you would think that some of these contributors would know by now that, you know, working with Jenny, she gives us a deadline. It's got to be done. I mean, get it done. Let's. I shouldn't have to chase you. Oh no, they cut they come up. I'm so sorry, Jenny. I'm so sorry. Every time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I'm a shocker. I'm so sorry. Every time. Ugh. I can definitely sympathize and empathize with your frustration, that's for sure. That would be really difficult and incredibly frustrating. That's all right. By the time they've listened to this podcast, that they'll have all have been suitably warned. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I love it. <laughs> Jenny, you call yourself a visionary multi-potentialite. Can you talk a little bit about that and the title you've given yourself and what that's all about, what that means to you? Well, multi-potentialite is a very long word, which means polymath, somebody who is able to do many, many things and can't seem to settle down in life without doing all of them at once. I do believe that everybody is a polymath, that everybody is multi-skilled, but we uh, you know, there's a lot of, about our education and programming that steers us to be specialists in the beginning. There's a couple of really good high performance guys who talk about this is how we are steered very early on to be specialists rather than generalists, because we are taught that being a specialist and concentrating on a career path is the way that we will get better at it and and then advance in it. And that's never been my experience the more diverse skills that I've included that I you know that I've extended myself and and I do happen to get bored very quickly and I like lots of variety and I also like the variety of that's possible in life and I want to try everything I want the whole buffet before (laughs) before the end of the evening I want to try the whole buffet yeah so I couldn't just focus on you know on one trajectory so the visionary is what's a visionary seeing a better version of things than they are and then working towards making that happen I think that's probably the the closest I can get to it I have many ideas about how life can be improved for the people that I serve I mean I can't I can't solve humanity's problems but certainly for the women entrepreneurs that I serve you know using all of the what I've been was talking about earlier the the new thought that there is and 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 the and the science and the and the quantum physics and the energetics and the neurochemistry and the epigenetics and all of these new sciences that are coming in and merging and embroidering themselves around each other and then I I think something that I have recognized in myself since the very beginning is that I'm very good at synthesizing things. I can take in a lot of information and process it and then come out with either a new version or a different idea or something completely new. So I think that's kind of 
I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's again, it, it always comes back to this conditioning that we're brought up with. And what do they say? If you put 10,000 hours into a ta- uh, uh, learning a skill set, you become a master of that. So who the hell has that kind of time to master all these different things? And then you look at the other side of it. People say, well, I'm a master how does it go? A master of none. Oh shit. I can't remember how the saying goes. Basically saying jack of all all trades and master of none. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to expand your knowledge and grow your knowledge and, and have your hand in multiple things? Oh, something that I'm absolutely fascinated with where research is going with, with high performance because Mm -hmm. it is now proving that this 10,000 hour thing is really outdated. And there are so many, you know, extreme athletes who have disproved that and and who have in all sorts of sports and, you know, and high performance experts who have brought that whole argument of putting 10,000 hours in. Like it, it is proven that now it is the flow state that allows us to get to you know, those peak states and those peak performances and not just the hours, you know, put in the practice. That does help. Yeah, of course. This is is such an exciting time. It is for sure, because we have access to so much now where we didn't have the access to it before. And as they say, this is one of the most incredible times to be alive because of the access to technology and all the things that we have at our fingertips. Oh, yeah, honestly, our generation, and then that's that's being rude to you because you're you're younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> is is I feel so blessed to have been a baby boomer and grown up in a time of of such safety and such security and bounty, and now with all the life wisdom that we've accumulated to be able to play in this this field of infinite possibilities and technology and and everything, I feel really blessed to, to have this this period. So it truly bet, is incredible. Yeah. You have said that it's your mission to raise the bar on transformation by bringing qualities of beauty, grace, and heart in order to help humanity rise and fulfill the Dalai Lama's prophecy of Western women saving the world. Why have you decided to make this your mission and how are you bringing this mission to the world and the women of the Western world? Why do I feel this mission? Gosh, that only really started to get clear after this cabaret epiphany when I started on on the path of really on the path of personal development and then towards entrepreneurship is that I started to realize how passionate I was about this subject and I'm going to talk about it in in a couple of minutes I, I think but when when we talk about the Trinity Code well through the magazine through all the creative work that I do through the way that I that I coach. I do believe that we are in a time of the new renaissance. In fact, there was even a an article I saw on the, the position of the constellation stars at the beginning of 2021 was exactly the same as kind of when the dark ages, the, you know, the middle, middle ages, the dark ages went yeah. into the renaissance. And after that time, there was all the, the, the rebirth of the arts, all the arts, music, poetry and color and, you know, dance and everything. And and I do believe that that is really, really key to rebalancing the low vibration is to bring back these these high vibrations of beauty and art and grace and music and, and that they should be not just hobbies, but that they should be our daily practice, our, you know, to go after once again, a life of virtue, not just yeah. a successful life, but a life of virtue. And a life of virtue includes those qualities well as you were told and i mean again this again this this theme keeps coming up with the conditioning i can remember and you've experienced it as well when you told your parents you wanted to be either an artist or work with horses no no you're doing this and you get this conditioning where oh you can't make money as an artist well of course you can but it's not with art i mean it's not even about money. It's about the beauty of it. It's about the process. It's about the creativity and being in that flow state as we are creating. I know. Art is a beautiful thing. And I think that this, the education system, and we could go off on a whole other tangent. That's a whole other podcast episode, the education system. But arts and in and, and music and whatnot in the education system, I think it is so integral 
to the education. Kids should be learning about art from the very beginning of their education. And it's yeah. so important and integral to, I think, to child's to a child's development and growth. Definitely. And look at what that, you know, what the consequence and the ripple effect was of me being in that beautiful cabaret yeah. that night and what I've transformed it into. And imagine exactly. if, if every child and every person had that seed that they kept expressing in, in different ways and, and we can express our creativity in so many different ways. But it, it's like breathing, you know, Yeah, creativity is like breathing. Very true. But you also, on the flip side of that, Jenny, you get the people who say, and I think this also speaks to adults, but the fact that you hear, I've heard so many people, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I can't create. I don't, And create, as you just mentioned, creativity doesn't have to necessarily be synonymous with art. You can be creative in the kitchen. You can be creative with numbers as an accountant. You can, there's so many different ways to express creativity, but we get caught up and we automatically, when we hear the word creativity, we automatically assume that it's about art. And I think part of that also we can speak to is around art is that I think that as we grow into our adult years, we kind of, and again, conditioning that we aren't capable of doing it or if you put kids in a classroom with with paintbrushes and a canvas and say here go they'll just go and they'll just create whereas with adults it's like well what if this doesn't look perfect what if this doesn't look like this or i can't do this because it's not going to be it's not going to look perfect or it's this whole thing about around perfection as well that it's got to look a certain way no it doesn't just fucking create go from your heart go with the flow and just see what you can create you never know what's possible yeah and so healing yes absolutely when there's when there's when there's you know this this dialogue between your soul and your inner self and the medium that you're using whether it's paints whether it's dance whether it's music yeah like breathing again absolutely the arts are so important and i mean you think about the different art forms music i was thinking about this a little while i just got myself a turntable recently i had missed hearing that you know when you drop the needle on the vinyl and hearing that crackling and it takes you back to an exact moment you can listen to a song and that will take you back transport you to an exact moment in time that resonates with you that you remember what else in the world can do that that's art that's incredible Yes, absolutely. You just reminded me of the fact that there's at least two really great painters. I know one was Leonardo da Vinci, mm-hmm. and there's another one whose name escapes me for the moment, who were both who were both polymaths, and they both had a huge range of skills that they brought together. And, and sorry, I can't remember the, the other one at the moment, That's but they okay. both they both produced in their multipotentiality. They mm-hmm. both produced works of incredible you know art and invention that have inspired us for centuries and centuries and centuries so you know this whole thing of bringing all of us in to our life all of us yeah yeah for sure that ripple effect as you said now we know that of course being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart it's a tough journey but in my opinion Personally, it is so incredibly rewarding. And yes, it's a lot of work, but I couldn't imagine myself now going back and working for a company. So I'm curious, Jenny, what is one piece of advice that you would offer to someone, women in particular, who are thinking about making the leap into the world of entrepreneurship, but haven't quite reached that point? Don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Don't wait. Just don't wait. Just Just do do it. it. What are your thoughts then on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses in particular in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve as time progresses, as we move forward? Wow, I've noticed such a change even in the last 10 years since, since that very first magazine to now in, you know, in the coachings and the service industry and more and more people helpers coming online every single day it is a massive, massive, massive industry. But I think that is, I think it's no longer an industry. I think it's a paradigm. So what we're looking at is much of obviously, you know, the States and the Northern Hemisphere and also Australia and, and those those places, but also now Eastern Europe and even India are getting into this, the understanding how important it is to get people coached to help them transform their lives and that that 
in itself is going to be a shift in that vibration that we want to see. Yeah. So I do think that it is incredibly tough, tougher than ever for women to position themselves in the marketplace. And that is something that is a a speciality of mine now is the positioning and the, and the and the branding and the authority and signature programs and that sort of thing i think it you know it's the thing that they they need most of all if they are going to be seen and heard and bought from and able to make a sustainable living but i think it's a beautiful thing and yes indeed it really is a mighty mighty adventure so it's it's almost like it's never been harder than ever and it's almost like it's never been easier than ever <laughs> yeah that, because that. you can you can you know you don't need a qualification you you don't need a website you can you can start wherever you are and, which is a beautiful thing for people if they do want to make that leap from yeah. you know a salary job into entrepreneurship because you can start it off as a side gig and then yeah. start to, to develop it so the world's our oyster we just don't even realize how lucky we are yeah for sure i mean again it, i think about the people that are stuck in jobs that they hate working these nine to fives and they're essentially pissing away five days a week or wishing away five days a week to live for the weekend that's not living at all it isn't and it kind of breaks my heart really um, i was just gonna say that you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> yeah it, it it does it does break my heart but my eldest daughter and her husband are doing exactly that and they've got themselves you know having dreamed the dream of the of the happy couple with the house and the mortgage and the two kids and the good jobs they've got all of that and all they ever are is shadows of their own possibilities and totally stressed out yeah all the time permanently and then having to deal with the symptoms of the stress and it, it is it's it's tragic it's not a way to live it's and i i did it too i was stuck in corporate and those as they call them the golden handcuffs that prevent us and then of course you get all the mind chatter and the other people chattering in your ear well you're going to give up a, a beautiful comfy job with benefits to to do what to be an artist to do for me in particular when i was leaving and going into photography there are so many photographers out there are you crazy what are you thinking it's like no, I'm going to give this a go because I'm not happy living the way I'm living anymore. Yeah. Choose freedom. Yeah. So what advice then do you have for women looking to grow either their own business or even perhaps maybe maybe entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is not for everybody, but they're looking to grow within a company that they work for? What advice do you have for them? Well, there is one thing that applies to both. And I'm seeing this more and more because of, you know, crazy world we live in is that you know however you're going to design a life of that you consider to be successful and the corporate world was never ever going to be my you know my path but just as you said it is for some people what we have to to learn is that life is going to be messy whatever we do Mm -hmm. You know, that there isn't an off button. Yeah. You know, is that the people we love will still get sick, that they will transition, that things happen, that big events happen. And we have a choice whether, you know, how we respond to that. But my, I don't know about advice, my heartfelt wish is for women to surrender to that fact and not to give up or to hold back any part of their own dreams because it's tough, you know, because their sister's got cancer or because their children got diabetes or whatever mm -hmm. is, you know, those things, life happens. Yeah. And the more that we can be serene with the, the tough things in life and the more that we hold to our own expression, it's that expression which carries us through and helps us transcend the, the you know, the tricky times. It really does. When we've got that foundation, you know, I'm not a religious person at all, but I have such a foundation of devotion to my own highest life and all that is, that is good and beautiful and true. That is my faith. And that, that helps me through some really, really grossing times. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the black side, but I, I choose to make the beauty of life. Well, that's a mindset shift, thing. right? Yeah. 
is being able to find the silver lining in every situation that we come across in life. Because it is there in every single situation. There is always a silver lining. It's just a matter of looking for it and digging for it and finding it. Oh, gosh. There have been so many times when I've been up against the wall and in relationships and, and businesses and then you know, maybe it's collapsed, maybe it's just over. And it's always opened up to something so much bigger and so much better. Beautiful. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Grit, grit, and more grit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You heard it here, grit. And then learning to find your own boundaries and have them respected by others. That is absolutely essential. So grit to the power of three, learning to (laughs) to navigate boundaries and Mm -hmm. the power of win, win, win. Because often we, you know, we can live with a you and me, us and them separation kind of perspective of life where we are always kind of like, he's wrong, she's right, I'm good, he's not. You know, it just this is our brain. And if you learn to look for the win, win, win in everything, it's just like, it's not just that I gain. It's not just that you, you gain. It's that there will be the sum of us both gaining will yes. mean a greater benefit for all those around us. The collective. So, yeah. I love it. Okay. So your nickname is the dream warrior. Can you speak a little bit about that and how you got that nickname? I kind of, I think I adopted the name in about 2010 when I first got so passionate about this journey of fulfilling potential because I realized how almost energetically and spiritually connected I felt and still feel to people's dreams is I feel this visceral connection as I want people's dreams as as much as they do. Yeah, that's all I can say. It's absolutely visceral. I Championing people's dreams is just a joy to me. <laughs> it really is. I just love to see people go after a goal or a dream or, or a big, you know, a big project with all of my being. It's incredible to see people succeed. It is so fulfilling to see people succeed, the people around you, the people you love, the people you support. It's, it's such a joy to see that. Absolutely. And it, it came into focus with the rise of all these talent shows. You know, it was about that same time that there was the X Factor and that grew. And then there was right. every, every country's got talent. And then there were all sorts yeah. of, of, of other. And to see ordinary people coming up and onto a stage and daring to show that they had a gift or a skill of whatever it was, I just I just like became a talent show addict because, <laughs> because they're just some r- remarkable expressions. Yeah, I just think that is such a beautiful thing. Again, this speaks to the availability we have today where people are able to do that. And I believe that we are all put here with our own unique gifts. And who are we to deny the world of them? They've been given to us for a reason. And I think it's our duty as the holders of these gifts to share them. These gifts aren't for us. They're for the world. So let's share them. Let's put them out there with the world and let the world benefit from them. I know. And if you know, you can think of some of the incredible performance that they've been on whatever country it is, has got talent with handicapped or, you know, or, or people that you wouldn't just normally associate with a great talent and they open their mouth and there's something majestuous comes out. Yeah. They do something so incredible. They are a piano concerto with two, two, two toes or, yeah. you know, yes, you, you're right. We all have a gift. It doesn't matter how we arrived here in whatever physical form, we really, really all do have a gift to, to share. Absolutely. I want to speak a little bit now about the Trinity Code. Can you talk a little bit about that, what it's all about and how you came up with it, what inspired its creation for you? Thank you. It it is actually my life's work. It's my magnum opus. It's my Sistine Chapel, Brad. I love it. I love it. (laughs) It is my Sistine Chapel. So 2017, just after I had dissolved my very successful money-making hiking hostel, because of the French authorities, I decided to go right back to this work again because life was telling me to come back to this work. And and because I just made that decision, everything in the universe conspired to help me, including being invited onto a TV reality show, oh. a branding TV reality show called Fix My Brand with Ali Craig, 
And I was invited on as a candidate in the first year. And as we got on so so well, she invited me to come back as on the team in seasons two and three. Awesome. And when we went through the process, I showed her the work that I was doing, which at the time was called a silver rose. And it was more or less a process and a methodology to find your 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 purpose and what to do with it in your in your business. But it was okay. a little bit I think it was quite it was lightweight. Let's put it that way. And Ali said to me, Jenny, this is really interesting, but it's not world class. Go and find what's world class in it. So off I went <laughs> and I had this remarkable adventure taking a Venn diagram, which is such a common thing, you know, used all over the place. Mm-hmm. And realizing that a Venn diagram is actually sacred geometry, is actually the very heart of flower of creation, which is the beginning of all life. And it is a pattern which is absolutely present in everything there is in the universe, everything inside, outside, the stars, you know, our genes, our blood cells, proteins, language, photography, you must know, you know, the, the, um, yeah. the, the, the law of thirds. And I realized that there was something about this, this power of three. And then with, with more research, I discovered that Nikola Tesla had discovered that three, six, and nine, that there was something incredible about them, that all, all the binary numbers describe the physical universe and that three, six, and nine describe the unseen universe and that there, were, that there was a link. I'm cutting a very long story, ever so short. <laughs> so I know this sounds surreal. So it blew my mind. And I found a guy on Amazon who'd written a book called The Trinity Secret, which I highly recommend okay. by, by a, a screenwriter called Larry Flaxman, The Trinity Secret, okay. which tells you everything there is to know about the trinity and the power of three and the rule of three and and this trifecta so i took it and and i but i didn't even have to ask the question i've made it into a tool that uncovers the very essence of a woman entrepreneur's message and it reverse engineers it's actually now it sounds really far out and esoteric but it is actually an incredibly practical tool to ground in you know most entrepreneurs feminine or masculine, start with their product, what they're going to put out there and how they're going to market it. If they are soul-led, heart-led, mission-inspired, they probably are very familiar with purpose and their why. And the great Simon Sinek was really influential in, you know, it start with why in, in introducing that concept. And I've taken it one stage further back to who is when you can articulate who you are in your essence and then you interpret that in your business, it is freaking dynamite. And it is really the secret of why my life has absolutely taken off since 2017 and where everything is magic and everything continues to grow. And I've taken hundreds and hundreds of women through this process now called the Trinity Code and my big dream is to make a film, a documentary film about it because it deserves to get out in a bigger way. And that goes back, answers your question of how do I want to raise the bar on humanity? Hmm. That by leaving my magnum opus of bringing this Trinity secret to many more people. Sounds incredibly transformational and inspirational. It sounds incredible. Wow. It, yeah, it truly is. It truly is. It's an oracle, a, a guiding light. There is never a day that I don't be guided by my Trinity code. In fact, I've been, I've become the, the essence of it and my clients now are becoming the essence of theirs and seeing the most incredible transformation as well. It is truly, truly exciting. That's beautiful. Well, I will definitely check out that book. The it's, it's, great. It's, it's, inc- it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The last, the last chapter, uh, this mm-hmm. is where I, I took over. The last chapter was that Larry Flaxman described how the Trinity is the secret to manifestation. And he didn't go any further than that. And I'm like, <laughs> you're kidding me. Right. Okay. I know what I'm here to do is to there you pick, go. pick this wisdom up and show people how the Trinity is the secret to manifestation. And that's, that's my work. That was your jumping off point is yeah. his end. I love it. Jenny, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after learning it? Two things, really. First of all, to really believe I was worthy. That took a long time to really, really believe I was worthy, even though I've always been confident. And and as you can hear, (laughs) 
they're not phased by a lot, but nevertheless, that the worthiness runs deep at a deep, deep level. And the other thing is just like to get over myself. It's just like, mm. just get over it. You know, just get over yourself, Jenny. Um, <laughs> take all the drama away. And mm -hmm. really, I no longer define myself by my past. I don't have time to define myself by my past anymore. So since I really, that really dropped in, in, I guess in the last 10 years, there's a lot more peace. There's a lot more serenity and a lot more expansion and a lot more money. Transformational yet again. What does the word success mean to you? That I fulfill all my potential today. I like that. That's it. I thought Beautiful. about it and, and, you know, like yourself, interviewed and talked to many, many successful people. Yeah. And I don't want to have any regrets on that, that when I take that last breath. And today, yeah. is, today is the only day I've got to do anything about it. Absolutely. 100%. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. It's not. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Rupert and my mother. My mother was my heroine my inspiration, yeah. a very, very woman, just so positive, so elegant, so witty, <laughs> <laughs> just a really beautiful person. And, I, and we were very, very good friends all of my life. So yes, it was beautiful. Her. What does the word empowerment mean to you? It's such a good question and such a generic word at the moment. For yeah. me, it really means understanding that you are the creator of your own life. You are the absolute creator of your reality that's also been you know it's no longer a theory but it's been scientifically proven it's the most exciting thing that you could ever know and once you really do know and you integrate it in your life that is true empowerment my life is in my hands I am the creator of everything even if the stuff is uncomfortable it's all me it's all my perspective I'm doing it so I have the power to, if I had the power to, to create it, I have the power to uncreate it. We are the architects. We get to yeah, design yeah. whatever life we want. Yeah. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions is just be two, three, four word answer type thing, okay? How would you describe yourself in one word? Passionate. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? That they know who they truly are and they can articulate it. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Yesterday. That's an interesting one. Okay. I've never had that one before. <laughs> what is your favorite self-care practice? The arts of the table is, is laying a beautiful dining table with, with flowers and eating mindfully and, and eating the, the best food for my body. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What would you say is one of the biggest things you've done or you did or are doing that has helped you achieve the freedom to do the things you enjoy? Giving myself permission to follow my heart after feeling guilty about it. You know, that trajectory of being unconformist is now, I don't need anybody's approval. I don't explain. I just rejoice. Beautiful. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah. What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the past year? Mm, this is interesting. You know, these life patterns that come up again and again and again and again, that you keep thinking, why is this happening to me again? Yeah. Why is this coming back in a different form or through a different person? Is that they don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that they do get, with each learning, they do get gentler and gentler and gentler and gentler. So that if there's a little sort of, you know, a little quirk going on in, in, you know, in, in your life, then you can just say with a lot more lightness, ah, is this part of the same thing? And be okay with it. So saying, why do I always get bullied? Why do I keep meeting these people? So that has come up quite a few times the last year. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? Boundless imagination okay. and boundless and powerful imagination. I really think that, you know, Einstein, wasn't it? Imagination yeah. is more powerful than knowledge. Is that I do have a boundless and very powerful imagination and able to see what I want and see the way forward, even if it doesn't turn out exactly the way. But imagination is, is truly powerful. For sure. What is one lesson that your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Have the courage of your own convictions. Believe in yourself. That is such an important thing. If you truly believe in yourself, it doesn't matter what, you, what you're doing, you'll get there. You can accomplish anything. You can accomplish anything. If you had the opportunity, Jenny, to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Well, I'd bring my mum back for an hour. 
Definitely. No need to explain I, that. I, one. T- I, t- I tell you, I tell you why. I tell you why. This, yeah. will, make, this, will, this will make you chuckle. <laughs> when we were three siblings, when we were growing up, my mum used to say, say to me when she was a bit exasperated as a word. Yeah. She'd say, out of all you three, the one most likely to enable to be a millionaire is Jenny. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what I'd love to say, I'd love to bring her back and say, yeah. Mum. I'm almost there. <laughs> Beautiful poetry. That's that's it right there. I love it. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Same thing. Believe in yourself. Have the courage of your convictions. You're on the right path, but believe and it will come true. Love it. And lastly, Jenny, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Plain and Um, simple, that's it? (laughs) Yeah, it kind of does this. I would really encourage people to find who they truly are, not what they want, and that they can be, do, and have anything their heart dreams of. Love it. Beautiful way to end the interview. Jenny, thank you so much for being here today and for taking the time and making the time to sit down and chat with me. This has been an incredibly beautiful and inspirational conversation. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world and doing the amazing things and shining out there and helping and supporting women. I think it's absolutely incredible. It's been an honor to chat with you and I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to share this inspiration. And I hope I hope people people are inspired to go after their dreams, follow their heart, take the leap, whatever it takes. Love it. Absolutely. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Jenny Parker Brown, aka Jenny P. She is the founder and editor in chief of the highly acclaimed House of Preeminence magazine and a visionary multi potentialite. Jenny, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you, you too, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.